0: Last, we chatted in a Super Eight. We were in Pier. This room looks like a carbon copy to that,
1: except it's much better. But it, be, but before we get into that, welcome to the On the Wing podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You're you're in for a special treat because we got a twofer today.
0: We we do we, and we are at the Super Eight in Aberdeen. Yep. As opposed to Pier, we've traveled. We've traveled uh, across about half of South Dakota. It feels like. Um, and we have hunted for two days across South Dakota. And uh, this, this is really, I think, my favorite time of year. I'm Anthony Halk with Pheasants Forever. And this is a special edition of the On the Wing podcast because we're on our annual rooster road trip, public land, public habitat, public access tour. And uh, just sitting here at the hotel, we've got the World Series on in the background. And I'm always hunting when the World Series is happening. And uh see, the Dodgers haven't haven't won a you know, I'm kind of rooting for them. That's my rooting interest i'm I'm a twins fan, but the Dodgers haven't won a World Series since 1988. I just feel like they're due, and that was the year that Kirk Gibson kind of hit that miracle Homer. And we didn't have a good day <laughs> yesterday. Um, all things considered. there were a lot of weird things that that happened, and it was kind of a tough hunt and we we, we needed kind of a Kirk Gibson like clutch performance today and i think we got it so we're going to kind of cover kind of get you up to speed on 48 hours in south dakota and and uh but when i backtrack it probably starts with um i'm looking at uh, bo and aspen our labs, sitting here in the bed but it probably starts with the dogs man we've uh our, our dogs aren't getting any younger are they andrew <laughs> they're not getting
1: younger and even the young ones have uh taken a couple diggers uh it it's been a, a tough two days for sure uh that that was definitely brought to our attention earlier this morning uh when we found scout kind of going to town no actually that was
0: that was i'm, yet- I'm already i'm already that a was day yesterday off. that was yesterday that was yesterday morning you no know, i'm i'm pretty militant about doing like checks you know for you guys know this. I mean, I wash out the dog's eyes after every hunt, which is a team out. exercise. We do that as a team. We wash out their eyes. Um, you know, I give them, I, I check their haunches, you know, for burrs, I check their ears. You know, I usually look up their nose a little bit to see. And I just, I missed it. I missed the cut on, on scout's paw and I think back to that evening, We did; I did have an extra walk back to where we'd left our truck parked, and I'm kind of wondering if that's when it happened because she was kind of brazen going under barbed wire and this and that. But, you know, there's there's a, enough barbed wire in pheasant country to circumnavigate the globe, a, you know... A couple times. A couple times, and, and you know, every hunter is going to deal with it. And we're dealing with it, and so Scout had a cut, and uh, yesterday morning we we decided just to kind of deal with it ourselves, and, and I stapled it, which was, you know, I seem to recall a, a kind of a vest-packed video we did a, a couple months ago, and I put that, that vest, that stapler in my vest, and I had it, and I'm, you know, I'm glad I carry carry that with on a trip, because it was nice just to get that taken care of at the time being, because we had kind of an agenda, but we did take her to the vet today, Um What's and, the
1: prognosis on
0: that? And she's out. She's out for two weeks. So, uh, so know, our big
1: running setter—they're the one that's just supposed to eat up all those miles—is just gone she, for the rest of the trip, gone. and then some.
0: it's you know, there's, there's, uh, the, the vet's orders are are no stairs, uh, no playing with other dogs, and no rough housing. So, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no rough housing with her, but I think that that's why when you do a trip like this, it it helps to have extra dog power you know it's never a good thing to be dog poor on a trip and uh you you know we've we've been relatively lucky over the last you know previous eight trips doing this where dog injuries haven't really been an issue but you know sooner sooner or later that lightning bolt is probably going to strike so so she's she's on the shelf for the rest of the trip which is unfortunate but you know life goes on after the rooster road trip and, and there's a hunting season of a couple months and, and she she needs to she needs to heal and, and get better for you know the rest of what's still a pretty long season um and then you know Bo who's kind of the the rooster road trip stalwart has had and that's Andrew Vavra's um fine yellow Labrador retriever she has uh just been dealing with some kind of foot issues tender feet and tender feet tender pads, and I know you've been a little frustrated about it, and today we were, were kind of able to rectify that somewhat.
1: Yeah, I I think the frustrations come from the fact that this has been kind of an ongoing battle for a couple uh, of years, for almost, <laughs> almost two seasons now. Uh, she got a, a mean seed stuck in between two of her toes uh, a couple seasons ago, and uh, I didn't catch it. And it, it worked its way uh, into her paw. And then her, her body, like, is, this is how amazing your body is, right? It fought it off. It, it built up a little wall of, of cartilage or something, blocked it, and started kicking it back out through the toes. But we could never find it. So I brought her in. We had surgery. They cut it open. The first vet didn't find anything there. But clearly something was wrong. So we wrapped it up, let her heal up, gave her a bunch of antibiotics, then it never got better, so brought her to a different vet. And that vet just simply massaged it a little bit and, and found a seed. And, and she just looked at me and she goes, I'm sure your first vet is fantastic. This is just dumb luck. Like, it just happened to kick out right now when I was here. So I thought it was all done. The foot never healed right. Had to go into a surgery months later. And so finally, this was going to be her first season at full strength. And I was just so excited to see her run the way I know that she can run when she's not hampered. And I do think because the surgery was fairly recent, uh, she's a, she was a hundred percent before this trip. But I don't think the bottom of her paws had enough time to kind of toughen up, right? Uh, we talked about musher secret and like some of the salves and things you do during the winter to to help the bottoms of paws. Well,
0: you can't I, you I, can't I, recreate honey. Yeah, you can't yeah. recreate that.
1: So after th- hunting hard all weekend and going into you know day one, I think she just worked her butt off, and then it got to the point where, on yesterday's hunt, we'd only made it in about oh, I'd say a quarter of a mile, and she just stopped, all four paws on the ground, just stopped and looked at me, and it was like her, it was like she was just stuck in like cement blocks, and I looked at her and, and I was just like. Oh no, she she's not moving. Like she's she's communicating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's 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 done. So so I, I I I broke open my gun, put it over my shoulder, managed to pick her up, and I had to carry my dog out of the field for the first time in my life.
0: And yeah, she I, didn't I, I, she didn't look good. I and mean, and I'll be I know I, I have you. the
1: senior dog. And the first time I vet told me I have a senior dog, I, I I looked at her. I'm like, you did not just say that to me. No, no, no. This this is not happening. But it's true. You didn't say I,
0: senior dog. Yeah, you right. No, senior dog. Senior dog.
1: <laughs> so like, I was, I'm kind of having this moment. Like, no, this is way too soon. Like, I shouldn't have to be carrying my dog out of the field at this point. Especially because I knew it wasn't fitness. It How wasn't. Old it wasn't. It, it wasn't. She's going on nine, okay. and I, I knew it wasn't the the muscles. I, that's I knew, early
0: '60s equivalent. Yeah, basically.
1: But and that's where the frustration came from. It's like is it something as simple as just the bottom of her paws. So the last podcast, we asked for some tips and, and how to kind of amend the situation, and we got and, a few, and we got a few, and we'll get to that in terms of today's hunt. But so, needless to say, we've been dealing with some some quirky dog related situations recently.
0: Well, we can round it out too. You'll uh, you may recall um, our our new addition to the trip, Emmy Emmy Merrier. Uh, pheasants forever's uh, membership marketing specialist has joined us this year for the first time. She's a flat coated retriever, Lux, who entered the trip on an injury and didn't get a hunt the first couple days with um, with an eye ailment. And then, uh, and then also today, Logan Hinners, who is our um, senior graphic designer and our de facto photographer uh, on the Rooster Road trip, and hunts, he hunts too, so he's kind of pulling pulling double duty but his um six-year-old lab aspen took a cut from i'm guessing either a cattail or a stick or maybe i think
2: jake said he saw him hit some barbed wire so So again that that nasty barbed wire (laughs) it it got another one of us so
0: and i think we're gonna take him in so he's got a uh, a laceration under his right eye about an inch about about below his eye thankfully eye so it's below the eye, but it's, it's probably just deep enough that we're going to have to get that tended to in the morning. And, uh, so yeah, we're, we've got four, we've got four, um, dog related, uh, you know, just injuries going on. And, you know, it's kind of a reminder that, um, <laughs> you know, they're athletes. I mean, you can't ride them hard and just put them away, put them away wet. I mean, you need to, you need to take care of them, care of them. And, and we're just, uh, I guess things kinda happen in spades sometimes and so um we've got a couple couple more days to make it through. We do ha- I mean we do have some healthy dogs on the trip here still, but we're kind of uh we're probably gonna cross the finish line with a with a few uh few scratches and bruises here, uh by the time we get to Friday.
1: Yeah. Um and that that's that's putting it lightly. Um but it, it also goes to show the, the importance of good dog work. Because with a couple of our, our best dogs sidelined, uh, we, we struggled a bit. And uh, with, with yesterday hunting in the, the Gettysburg, Seneca area, uh, we, we focused primarily on, on waterfall production areas. And it, th- those are some, some big pieces, and we could have used all the help that we could have gotten.
0: Yeah, it was, yesterday was kind of, um, what was it? It was just a tough day. There's no There's no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, we got off to the rough start with, the dog injury, which kind of uh, was, it delayed us, and it was somewhat of a bad omen, perhaps, and and then we went up to a few, um, you know, that was kind of a stopover day day before we got up to this Aberdeen country to to really get into some um, kind of core pheasants forever projects, and uh, you know the hope was to profile some of these really fine waterfall production areas that you know I had previous experience hunting for a long time. And, uh, you know, highlight the importance of um, permanent habitat, these big complexes, your duck stamp dollars at work and why Upland hunters should, um, you know, not forget about making that stamp purchase because it, it goes to acquisition and easements. And, uh, you know, that's, it's just the reality. Again, we, we encountered it, um, you know, early in the trip with, uh, you know, some walking areas that, had probably less than desirable habitat conditions. And, and that's what we saw yes, uh, yesterday with, um, you know, a walk-in area that a couple or a waterfall production area that had been grazed, another one that had been heavily grazed, another one that it just, it seemed like it seemed dry, seemed dry. It seemed the very the dry. cover, the cover seemed about um,
1: everything was beaten up like a dog's
0: half. <laughs> yeah. It seemed about half the height it was last year and uh so then we kind of had to um you know kind of make a split last second decision and and go to another waterfowl production area that I had you know circled on an old atlas and um you know it was it it there proved to be a couple birds there it was probably we probably lucked out that there was some serious harvesting going on (laughs) around it uh around three sides and we got there uh for the golden hour and uh, I don't want to say salvage because, you know, that, that, that makes it seem like, you know, it was all just, all, you know, there, I mean, when you're pheasant hunting in South Dakota and it was as nice a day as it was yesterday, you do, you do have to find a way to enjoy it. Um, you know, and, and when you start like, just, you know, get these expectations in your head that a day is going to be like this and it doesn't go according to plan. I mean, Maybe a bust is overstating it. but well,
1: that's also why you don't come out here for a day. Yes. You know, there, there are over 2 million acres of waterfall production areas available to you in the Midwest. There's a lot of variation yeah. in, in, in habitat and quality of habitat depending on where you are. And we, we saw that in a very, very, like, small window today.
0: Yes. But, you know, there's no doubt, like, you you know, you're just feeling... I guess you're just feeling a little bit, a little bit of pressure. Like you want to have a good hunt, you want to find birds and the day hadn't gone, you know, the best laid plan had, um, just basically (laughs) disintegrated and, you know, you're just like, man, something's got to give here. And it kind of did the last hour was, uh, you know, you think about like being able to see a few birds right off the bat, the dogs kind of kicked it into gear um, we were able to, uh, finally get some roosters at least like, you know, the close energy enough shifted to, yeah. from,
1: from, oh no to, oh yes. Yeah. There was like, hope. Th- like, like, no, there was hope. There was confidence.
0: Yeah. And so we saw some roosters, you know, kind of like they were still getting up a little wild, which I guess we can just talk about the the conditions in a second. You know, just like, it seems a little weird, almost like late season conditions, too, way too early in the season but we saw some roosters um we kind of scattered a little flock and then we made a loop and emmy emmy marrier was able to harvest her first uh you know wild south dakota rooster dog made the flush made the retrieve and so that's kind of one of those like um you know seminal moments in, in like a hunter's career and the lighting was just unreal, you know. Just from a visual perspective, it's like you you only get like two weeks in October once pheasant season opens, right? You know, so it's just like these these. I, I'm sorry, I hear some sirens. Do we know where Jake is?
1: <laughs> he's kind of <laughs> left us not, to our own devices. He's not in the here. room. Suddenly, there's sirens <laughs> he's in <disappeared>. the <laughs> I, I, The GPS collar isn't working right now. <laughs> But but anyways,
0: we, we promise the listeners Aww. that's outside the hotel. You know we can't we can't control <laughs> every aspect, and we're not involved in any criminal activity. Uh, we're playing it straight. So, um, and we're not over our bird limit. <laughs> we we <laughs> promise you, they're not coming for us. But yeah, Emmy Emmy made the, well. Why don't we just ask you? You're here. We don't have to suck up all the oxygen in the room. I mean, uh, we had about probably maybe thirty five forty minutes of daylight left. And why why don't you just run us through? You know what happened with you and Lux, kind of walking down that fence line toward that um, that that field that was being harvested.
3: I'm actually gonna jump back a little bit because I didn't have a bust of a day yesterday. Granted, I did. That's get what my I first, was trying to say. Like I did get my first rooster, but as someone who is new to South Dakota, who's on her first true hunts, because my dog's been sidelined for three weeks with that eye injury, so I did not get out for Minnesota's opener. I didn't have a dog. So this is truly my first bird hunting of this year so for me yesterday was they have the same struggles too i mean i'm i look at a public access and just see colors and opportunity and the best way to look at it is just to drive by it and see if it has potential and that takes time and that's exactly what we did and the fact that we entered at a spot that had i know we've got blue stem here that's what we're going to bank on and that it paid off and then yes that we saw birds yes they flushed wild but I've had that happen a lot so I looked at that as a normal public hunting this happens birds are here that makes me excited the potential yeah so my dog's starting to get birdie now that's like all right I know there's birds here this has potential well so I did get to work where I got to watch Lux I kind of went off on my own followed the dog and sure enough Rooster gets up, first shot, I don't know what happened, second shot. You missed. (laughs) I don't know what happened. (laughs) The first one, yeah, missed, second one hit, but it's that same of just, that's a rooster, shots fired, rooster down. Barbed wire was involved still, Lux had across that fence, so it's the same kind of mix of things, and it happened to play out for Lux and I yesterday, and it was a great moment. But it was also the whole day in itself was just, you got to keep trying, keep... Marking those maps, check the spots. One of them will work out. And for us, it was that golden hour, and that sunset was beautiful.
0: Yeah, well, that's. I, I guess you know you get you get a little you get a little greedy, and you set these expectations in your mind. And some days just happen like that, mm-hmm. and where it doesn't it doesn't go according to what you've you've drawn up, you know, in, in in the sand lot or in the parking lot before the hunt. And I think we all just would have preferred to have hunted three properties like like that and unfortunately you know that was the only one we found that just kind of had the mix of what we were looking for which was a
3: component of that area because we talked to other people in the Gettysburg spot like it wasn't just us yeah.
0: no if, if yeah. we had been staying there for
1: for multiple days uh I think things would be you know they'd seem a lot different for us um because that's one of the the more difficult aspects of the road trip in general is you don't have any time to really figure things out in one spot. (laughs) You can't just look at the crop and be like, oh, this is what they're eating, but let's go focus on that. Uh, We we ran to a family uh, from Minnesota in the parking lot of the Gettysburg Inn. It was a father and two of his sons, and they had no dog. And they had been there for four days, and it wasn't until the fourth day where they're like, we figured it out. We found them. So here's, here's three people, zero dogs, and they beg six birds on the fourth day. And they're like, we just start focusing solely on the shelter belts. And they crack the code. And that, that is kind of the, the fun part of all of this. And, and you know, Emmy kind of makes the, the comment of, hey, well, hey, Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you doing? He's talking for me. <laughs> like she, she made the comment of marking up the maps. And so it's kind of what type of attitude are you going to have is, oh, they're not here. Like, it's all doom and, and despair or it's, okay, we know we can check that one off the list. Let's let's move on. And eventually that, that circle, that target is going, to come, is going to become tighter and tighter until you have it completely dialed in. And then all of a sudden you're going to get your 10 bird flush and everything before that is going to be forgotten about. Everything is just going to be like, this trip was awesome. It was all worth it. End of story.
3: Mm-hmm. Which kind of segues into today? You guys had Andrew actually got his bird now.
0: Well, I'm I I the felt board.
3: Like, <laughs> we all are.
0: <laughs> I felt like you. I thought you were going to kind of bask in that like that golden hour light a little more with your first bird, but we're we're moving on.
1: Nobody wants to talk about the Chislik. Yeah, I did but, it? Come on. I did yeah, it. that that was so. <laughs> we
0: we we we're going to get to today, and and today was a fun day. But you know, I think um, we all we all felt like you know we all felt good about you know kind of keeping grinding you know i mean i know like my attitude got in a, a little bit of the dumps and i i was glad andrew kind of <laughs> kind of pulled me out of that but we i was gave happy you too Snickers. i was happy too that you know this is why i circle spots on my map year to year so there's your pro tip like i make notes and i had a spot like you know circled from a couple years ago that just like that's why you do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always looking to add new spots, but that's why you try to keep a few, you know, maybe in your back pocket. You even saw um, there In your back pocket? Stem. Are
1: you insane? Okay. We talked to two 75-year-old gentlemen today at a walk-in area. And I know I'm jumping ahead, but we'll go back again. But one of them was a Pheasants Forever member, and we struck up a good conversation. And he said his son-in-law keeps his atlas in a fire safe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. yeah, I didn't. Yeah, missed that conversation. Seriously, in a fire <laughs> safe, like that's how important that brilliant. map is. Some, to them. some Absolutely
0: people. Well, brilliant. that you know, that's that's probably a heartier conversation for a different time. But um, I'm probably a bit more, you know, we'll we'll say uh, good natured or I'm what, what what's my word for me? I'm I'm magnanimous. You know, I'm I'm willing to share spots. I probably do it pretty liberally. There's other people that you won't, you know. That's that, that's like, that's like asking about their finances. You know, you just <laughs> that's it's just a taboo subject. You it's just important don't stuff, do that. and it's only for me. Yeah. So, but yeah. So that that spot was circled. Um, we we made it happen. I think there was a sense of pride there that we uh, um, that we that we grounded out. There was a sense of pride for Emmy, you know, being able to to share in that moment, but then. You know we didn't just we didn't just pack up and roll out we decided to take a moment and kind of uh you know celebrate celebrate the day and and celebrate the fact that like uh you know yeah it might have been tougher hunting than than you know we um thought that it was gonna be you know. It just seemed at the beginning of the day that we were going to be heading into you know just a, a day for the ages. That's you predicted eight. L-
1: L- L- yeah. That's out I, there. I, it's I, it's public exist. knowledge.
0: Um, but <laughs> you know we we decided to celebrate our good fortune of being uh, in, in a nice in a, in a nice piece of habitat, um, a, a nice a nice moment with that first bird, which is an occasion to celebrate. And we decided just cook it up right there.
2: Honestly, well, it was one of the best golden hours I've ever seen, visually, yeah, I mean, it was just stunning seeing that sunset and the combines off in the distance, picking the corn and birds flushing even if they were ahead of us. I mean, there was birds flushing yeah I mean, it was you just
0: you almost wonder if Terry Redland stunning. himself had like been to that spot because it seemed like it seemed like that I mean we kicked out some deer out of that shelter belt, and there were a few ducks chickens circling circling around. we had some sharp tails. Is that what they were? Sharptails, grouse, tails, grouse <laughs> will, prairie grouse, flyover. over. Um, you know, we kicked up but uh, enough pheasants to keep things interesting. There was kind of a lot happening in that one hour, and you had the combine, mm-hmm. the machinery cooking. They had their lights on. It had that kind of like uh, that kind of fog type. You know when the, when the, you know what it emanates out, out the back of the machine, and it just creates kind of that like filter for the light to you know sift through the the exhaust basically and man it was something oh it was, it was
1: gorgeous you had, the, you had the percolator bubbling because for us the work was just beginning we had to run back and post and write blogs and jake has to put together a video so you know who drinks coffee at six thirty seven o'clock well <laughs> we do and then you know you we put that the cast iron frying pan on the camp chef and throw more butter in there than you could well more than you really want to admit that you're putting in there you just kind of ignore that and then we basically just kind of did our own version of of chislik i was inspired by an earlier (laughs) podcast and then i kind of
0: do we think that it was true chislik i'm I'm already for yeah
2: yes
1: okay so it so it it may have been a true chislik like in theory but i will say that i put some montreal on there like that that was the secret so butter and montreal
0: folks that's all you really need in life I, I don't really you know, we, we'll call it Chislik because, you know, that's what people you, you put your own like variation on the theme. We'll call it we'll call it Andrew's Chislik. Uh, it was it was dang good. I it know was that. Real good.
2: <laughs> that might have had something to do with that we skipped lunch entirely yep, yesterday. That's true. Because, yes, we because we're scrambling. <laughs> so it tasted even better. Yeah. <laughs> you're
0: t-
1: you're telling me I'm not a good tailgate it, it chef. Was, Is that what's going on that you were just desperate
0: to it? was fantastic. <laughs> okay. Was that's good. what it, I it hit the spot. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, f- like eating food, there's there's an emotional component to it too. So we're <laughs> we're kind of tying that in. So that was really good, and uh, you know, maybe Andrew will be willing to. I mean, just run us through the recipe, real, just like there is no recipe. You that did. that was well that was, butter. Uh, okay, <laughs> I I, I listened.
1: To, uh, no, I know I listened to how simplistic it was in the earlier podcast, and it's like, oh, I got that. So I basically cubed up the pheasant.
0: Yeah, this is the recipe. I put a <laughs> ton of butter <laughs> in, the,
1: in the frying pan. And then I browned them, and I put some Montreal seasoning on there, and yeah. I made sure I didn't dry them out like everybody does. <laughs> that
0: no, was it, key. It was really good, and I have I have kind of this thing where just, you know, at the end of the day, I just like a hot meal, and it was hot and and tasty, mm-hmm. so it hit the spot. I'll you, get
1: to a Hank Shaw recipe. I I, the schnitzel's coming, folks. It's coming.
0: <laughs> just give it time. <laughs> Well, we have some we have some more birds to work with now. We do, we do. So that's um, so. This morning we pulled up stakes out of Gettysburg, uh, made it to Aberdeen. Scout got dropped off at the vet for you know kind of a little afternoon stay, um, and then we we headed up to uh, a walk-in area.
1: Technically, it's a walk-in area. There's a bit more behind it than that. It
0: is so. One of the reasons we wanted to come to Aberdeen was a few years ago. Uh, Aberdeen, you know, led by uh, you know, shout out to our our Pheasants Forever Farm Bill biologist here, Emmett Lanahan. Um, he he was basically the driving force behind what, what's the Aberdeen Pheasant Coalition, and the community here raised, uh, you know, something along the lines of like one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. The community being um, you know local businesses organizations and then like you know just the local pheasants forever chapter and they've used this money to kind of extra incentivize the walk-in program
1: yep so it's landowners who
0: are enrolled in the the cr pro it's crp program already right mostly it it doesn't it doesn't have to just be crp but that's you know when we're talking habitat, I mean that's so. As Emmett put it to me, there's about 3,800 acres enrolled now, and 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 they it's it basically targets CRP, but there's some associated habitats with that that like, you know, some groves or shelter belts or you know, kind of some odd pieces that might just be added on, but it, it's it 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 primarily targets you know that CRP acreage and and what he what he told me is you know the walk-in program already exists but you know Aberdeen is a pheasant hotspot right i mean we're, we like the hotels were booked here last oh, night it's an there epicenter. wasn't a room to be had and there's already a good amount of access but you know we lost a lot of CRP some of that access you know dwindled and you know if this community is going to have um be a draw for hunters you know i mean there's commercial outfits private outfits but you have to have access for what about the people like us people like us people (laughs) who are reliant on publicly accessible land and so they raised the money and and what he said is that it did matter to some of these landowners that the community had done that like you know the walk-in program existed but that this this they saw how much it meant to the community that they were doing this and it was that the i mean obviously there's a financial incentive to enroll right but that you know just by seeing what the community was willing to do it was like yeah i want to be part of that you know i mean yeah they're getting paid but they're also opening up their land i mean so we're getting and and it's high quality habitat um and then what he said is that you know the, we put green signs up by them. Um, it's it, the program, and we talked about it earlier in the week. It's it's a community-based habitat and access program. So this is where it all started. This is this is the origin of it. And it's it, taken off from here, it, but this it started is where here. Started. The property we uh, you know we, we hunted with um, earlier or hunted earlier in the week or over the weekend, uh, Brule Lyman County. They've mm-hmm. they've adopted this. It's in Mitchell, South Dakota. There's it's
2: happening in Southwest Iowa. Yeah, now. kind of an iteration
0: yep. of that in Southwest Iowa, and but it started here in Aberdeen, and and so we put these green signs up um, that say you know that talk about the program right alongside the walk inside, so it kind of it showcases how pheasants forever in the community was involved. Um, but what he you know when these green signs go up, what Emmett says is that you know the, the neighboring landowners see it and that. You know, and that's kind of how they see about the program, and then they, they want to be involved too. And really the only thing, there was an initial goal for the program of 4,000 acres. It's at about 3,800, so about 3,000 acres are CRP, then there's about another 800 acres of kind of a mix of other habitats. So it's pretty close to that goal, but the only thing that's holding it back from enrolling more it's not that there's not landowner interest. It's just that the CRP program is kind of at a standstill. You know, the farm bill expired. There's, um, you know, practices aren't open. And, and once once that whole, you know, ball of molasses finally gets moving, mm-hmm. you know, Emmett figures that it won't be, you know, the interest is there. It won't be too hard to get the program cooking again and start adding more acres and more, more properties. And so there's there's 21 sites uh, right now, I believe, Um and if you go to, uh, I guess if you just Googled Aberdeen Pheasant Coalition.
1: Oh, the website will pop up r- right away. You, you, it's you, aberdeenpheasant.com.
0: So there you have it. You go there, and there's a little tab that says Our Sites, and you can click through those. And, and you know, they are on the walk-in map, but that just kind of does, does a job of denoting those specific properties. It gives you a, a lay of the land of what habitats to expect, um, where they are, how to get there, their size, all the info you need. And um, and so we, we checked one out today.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. And to kind of tie it in with where we were in Pierre, you know, when we were out there, uh, we were all kind of waxing poetic about the sense of community and just being a hunter. Everybody was wearing blaze orange. Everybody was driving around their trucks. There's bird dogs everywhere. Well, out here, we're almost seeing the flip side of that. It's the landowners it's the it's the people with the properties that are joined together and, and and creating that that sense of community for us to come and enjoy so this is this is kind of the, the yin and yang of you know a symbiotic relationship and it, it's it's really cool to actually kind of see both sides of of that picture as well um and even better than that is seeing 20 plus birds erupt out of, out of one field right away. And I know we like to exaggerate <laughs> here and there. Um, and we've had discussions about if you say you saw 20, does that mean you saw 10? Like subtract five. Right? Yeah. If Jake <laughs> said it, it's not
3: true. And but but, said but, but it, can it, we good.
1: as a group just all take one big collective breath here? Because today was exactly what we've been waiting for <laughs> this entire trip. The cat's out of the bag. We had a great day.
3: <laughs> it's what I think of when I think South Dakota pheasant hunting. Well,
0: you know, there, there's a couple, there's a couple ingredients that I think made that happen. Number one, you know, the the property itself, like just big. It it's, you know, it was about I, I I'm kind of estimating here just based on my, you know, what I know about the size of sections and half sections and quarters, but it's, it's about, it's 400 plus acres and it's kind of early secessional habitat. There's been obvious like management going on and it's just in a bird producing state. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I I was a little discouraged when we got there. Um, and there was one vehicle already and then, and then we, we drove around and there was another vehicle and I thought, man, are we even going to get a hunt this? But one guy was just a solo hunter on one end by himself, and so we went to the other end where um, a couple these 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 gentlemen the gentlemen the you referenced yeah. were done and, and they had uh, this property's big and they just hadn't scoured it all and they said have at it and we covered a good chunk of it and um, you know saw a couple hands right off the bat and then and then things kind of started erupting.
1: Oh yeah, this field was was my day of redemption. This is kind of how, how I'm looking at it. Uh, you know, having dealt with with Bo's woes and me missing a, a layup. Uh, well, you put boots on her. Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> did I, did, did I, we I, cover that yet? We 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 put the boots on on Bo, and so so I played football basically my my entire life. Right, you know I I kind of messed around with it in college. Didn't really go anywhere. I wanted to hunt, but at least that's what I tell people. <laughs> Anyways, some people play better when they play angry. I think that's what happened to Bo today. I think having that experience where she saw all the other dogs just zipping around her and her just basically being paralyzed may have done something to her mentally because the second I put those boots on her feet, she was in a rocket ship. I mean, she was gone. And I was so, so happy just to see my dog back. Like, I... We couldn't have, like, we could have not even kicked up a bird all day, and I, my mood would have just been well,
0: fine. I was just happy that those 10 bucks I spent on dogbooties.com finally paid off. You know, I <laughs> it paid
1: off. I went and bought extra today, and it cost me more than double that. So, so go to that website, folks.
2: <laughs> he, he owes you a few bucks for the one she, she blew
1: off. Yeah, she did, she did kick one yards. off within 50 yards for well, sure. Well,
0: just, uh, you know, quick aside, I mean, um, some years back I did buy a more expensive pair of boots. I mean, I'm talking like, like 60 bucks. And the first time I put them on either the first or second, like the dog came back and I went from four to two boots (laughs) and I thought, you know, there's 30 bucks out the door. And so like that, those dog booties, they're like those little Cordura booties. And I actually think, you know, like if we even duct taped them a little bit, like, Kind of the double-sided duct tape, like mm-hmm. they might. Then you might not lose any, and they're only like two fifty a crack, and you can buy one at a time. You know, so I guess that's my shameless promotion for dogbooties.com. But I, have just I bought them and put them in my kit because I thought, well, at some point I might need these, and it turned out you needed them. Well, Bo needed them.
1: I did, and it paid off because uh, we started hunting the field towards a standing cornfield, and and our plan was to to walk straight up to the corn and then take a sharp right and basically run parallel
0: with that corn all the way down to the end of the section. Hoping that we'd find some kind of midday, well, mid-afternoon like roosters just kind of loafing on that grassy edge there.
1: Yeah, we, we knew that, that you know the, the noon start time meant that most of the birds would be in the crops, so let's just go cl- as close to the crops as possible. And uh, sure enough, we, we kind of got up to this little rise, and one bird got out. And then another bird got out, like, pretty far, but happened to be a rooster. And I happened to be on that end. And I pulled the trigger, and down she went. It was, it was about a 50-yard shot. And so that was me kind of. Which is
0: probably, like, the absolute edge edge of yours or anybody's range. No, no, but-
1: no, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. But I, I dropped it. Yes. And I, I had that instant, like, feeling of we're back in it. Like, me and my dog, like. It's on.
0: But we, you needed the bird. But we needed
1: the bird. <laughs> and and well, You're
3: forgetting that a different bird came before that bird. Our first bird in the bag.
1: Okay. So, so you're right. Because she was birdie for about 100 yards leading up to that point. And so I ran ahead. Because I was basically going to almost act as a blocker at that point yeah, to the rest yep. of the
0: group. As we pivoted. Yep.
1: Yep. And she wasn't birdie on the bird that I ended up shooting. She was birdie on a rooster that had been winged probably during the resident opener. Mm -hmm. And she found that bird. So that was the first one on the board. I don't really count that one, but we're good conservationists. It's in the bag and we will gladly eat it because it (laughs) it was fine. Just, just had a bum wing. But so the bird that I shot went down, it was a little bit of a longer poke. It wasn't dead on contact. Right. And then, so Bo just tore off after it and I knew it was going to be a foot race. And so I'm hustling up to her, and we don't find it right away. And that's when you kind of have this moment of dread. Like, should I, ta- should I have taken that shot? Was that ego? Was that frustration? Like, was that, you know, was that me being an ethical hunter at that point? Because whether it's a deer, a turkey, an elk, a pheasant, these are living things. You have to show them respect. Was that me kind of acting out of place, even pulling that trigger? So you kind of have this, this weird feeling in your gut. And as all these emotions are going through me, like the the happiness and the the, the questioning, all of a sudden she gets birdie again and peels out back behind the rest of the group. And so you guys are still continuing to move forward, and she peels out behind, and all of a sudden the bird kind of pops up about four feet in there. And I knew it it was crippled, and I was like, oh, this is about to get really interesting. Here we go. And she chased that bird for another 60 yards and just fought it off, fought it off, Eventually leapt up, grabbed it. It was just one of those scenes where I can't believe my dog just did this. Got up to her, grabbed the bird. There was not a single tail feather left in the thing. And I was just like so happy for her to get a mouthful of feathers and just so relieved to recover that bird. And as this is all going on, you guys are shooting off at a bunch of other birds (laughs) that are getting off in the distance.
0: Yeah, there was kind of a... They didn't stop. Yeah, the, the birds are just kind of popcorning out of the field, and we were kind of um, just veering a little bit, you know, out of the way. But, you know, I think I, I think the salient point is that, you know, when it comes to to Beau, it, it it just kind of shows like uh, that th- that resiliency that dogs, you know, they have. I mean, that that desire that you know, um, 24 hours prior, you, you did kind of just throw her over your shoulder. <laughs> And, no, I carried, and carried her, her out of the field. Carried her, the carried day her out earlier. of the field, and 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 you know, 24 hours later, she's got as much uh, pea and vinegar as <laughs> as uh, as she's ever had, and made a very fine retrieve. And so that you know, that was you could just tell that that moment when she did that, that everybody um, we're every, going to be okay. <laughs> everybody was into it, and then you know, we we continued working, and and uh, you know, a couple of roosters got wild, and and then you know. We flushed a couple hands. And that's, I guess, something I wanted to point out is I I, um, I just do feel like, you know, there, wa- there was a, a resident opener, right, mm-hmm. which is prior a week prior to when non-residents start. And then, you know, we're into Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You know, this is the fifth day of hunting. But, man, some of these birds, I don't know if it – I really don't know what it is it just seems to me that some of the, the that the birds we've been encountering have been particularly jumpy for being early season fence, pheasants i mean i'm saying i mean oh they're shell shocked they they need like a couple of days to breathe <laughs> i you maybe i you know i i've um i'm just a little surprised i mean you know anytime you hunt pheasants there's going to be some birds that you know get a little on edge and and, and bolt early it's just it, i mean that just happens it just seems like you know, an unusually high percentage of the birds we've been encountering seem like, like I said, they seem like mid to late season pheasants and it's, but you're, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, um, the, the pressure has been high. They've, some of these birds have probably been, you know, like we're probably not the only ones that have seen that, that habitat and thought, this is a great. Sp- I mean, we're, if it's getting are right hunted- out
1: the back door of Aberdeen. Yeah. So if we're the, getting the, these are not your normal birds. Yeah. These, so these, these birds have encountered more pressure than some birds will see an entire season. Perhaps we're only five yeah. days in.
0: Yep. So there's uh, you know, it'll probably the pressure will die down. I mean, after two, you know, the first the crops two will weekends, come out. and and you know, you, you kind of think things will do that settling a bit, but we 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 made the pivot, and uh, you know, there was um we put up a couple more hands. I actually had a, what I was pretty sure was a rooster that got up and, but the lighting was just poor. And, and so, uh, you know, that one went away unscathed. And then, and then I did, uh, what Emmy did the other night, you know, we, we try to stay in a line, you know, we, we were, we're trying to, I mean, obviously for safety, number one, I mean, you try to stay in that line. Um, and, and we're angling back towards the truck and then, and then my younger spaniel smidge gets birdie. And, and I and it's not like I just veer off haphazardly in front or behind the group, but she's going off to the side, away. And at that point, I feel comfortable just following that golden rule of follow your dog, follow your dog. And the cover's thin, and I'm so so I'm picking up my pace and picking up my pace and trying to keep with her. And you know, it's just one of those. Um, I I it's that feeling that I think all of us just love when when you know that your dog knows that she's on a bird (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she knows that you know that she knows. And so we're doing that little song and dance and she's going and going and going. And, and, you know, you just, they just, they have, they have that, you know, the, the, their breath changes, right? I mean, sometimes you
1: hear their diaphragms click in,
0: like everything just kind of turns up a notch, you know, I can kind of tell with smidge, just her, the way her snoot kind of hits hits the ground. She has this kind of. She's got a little like a, a genetic like like a, a knee problem too, and so she's kind of got this. Um, you know, she has like a. I think they call it a luxating patella. It's a little loose, so she has kind of a funky little gait and a butt wiggle, and then it gets even like more wiggly as she gets <laughs> on a bird. Um, so so she's cooking after this after, yeah, on the scent and and this hen gets up to the side of me, but she doesn't, she doesn't stop. So I like, I just keep, like, I know that she's on something else. And I'm like, just please be a rooster. You know, like I, I like, lo- I love seeing hens, you know, egg layers are our future, but man, I'm like, I-, I need a rooster at this point, you know, and we're going and we're, you know, we go up about another 40 yards and, you know she didn't quite get to him it was thin cover but he got up about 10 yards away from her and it it was just that like that side profile where you're like the, just that that moment where like oh man this 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 is why i do this <laughs> you know and it was just perfect 20 yard shot kind of kind of just crossing back and you know over the horizon and he went down and she found him right away and uh and then my only worry was, well, I better go find you guys because I veered off quite a bit further than I thought I did. So we, um, weren't, we weren't worried about it. Yeah, we we've been hunting
1: together long enough to know when somebody just goes on a little nature walk, you just let them go. There's so, probably something
0: good at the end of yeah. that rainbow.
3: It's paid off this trip.
0: So that was very satisfying. She's still, uh, um, you know, she's she's a three year old dog, and 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 uh, you know, I'm still I still think she's developing you know, I mean, she's, she's a very good bird dog, but to see her work that rooster that long and for her to stick with it, I was, I was a pretty, pretty proud bird dog dad. So, uh, and that, and then we made our way out of the field and, you know, a few more, uh, a few more, um, well, you you think like, well, at that point it's over, but you know, there's still, you know, it's kind of the thing you push a few back you know, there were some other hunters entered the field too. And I think just like you said, it's kind of creating all this commotion. And so we weren't quite done yet. There were still uh, a couple more pushed up at the end, you know, maybe not that quite level of chase and excitement, but no one was complaining. And, uh, and then we wrap it up and tallied up and it's like, wow, we, we just, we hunted about two hours and there's a half dozen birds.
1: Yeah, that was exactly what we needed as, as a group in terms of the group uh, morale. And uh, that was a good representation of why people travel from all over the country. You know, we, we hunted that property for, like you said, two hours. And that one field was enough to to make yeah. our trip so far.
2: I think the dogs were birdie, I would say, three quarters of the time. I yeah. mean, honestly. Agreed. So so, yeah. th- so that that's a good point. Yeah.
1: We have Smidge, who's who's coming into our own. We have Bo, who I'll admit is sundowning. We have Lux, who's, you know, just with the, the fresh the machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I, I have to I have to be a realist with my situation, and I just have to stop denying that, right? You know, I can't get mad at the vet anymore. <laughs> but like Aspen is kind of over the years, we we've had certain dogs come into their own in terms of being the leader of the rooster road trip pack. Right. Yeah. And we've all had different dogs be that dog where throughout the entire trip, we're all kind of leaning on that pup. And I would say Aspen is that dog now. Um, And Logan has been playing. So we're watching the world series in the background here. Logan is the pitcher who can also hit, you know, he's taking photos and he's hunting and he's running Aspen. Um, like, is that how you feel about your dog? Like, do you even realize that? Or am I just kind of viewing this from afar and, and getting a bit poetic?
2: You know, it's, I. you know, I, we, you know, my brother just had to put his dog down. I, you know, I see your situation with Bo. I realize, you know, my dog's getting older as well. Um, you know, last few years have been, you know, amazing. I mean, I, I can put him down in any field. I can hunt him all day. I can hunt him all week. And he's been hard charging for me um so I'm trying to hold on to that and really you know appreciate that because I know those those years are limited um you know and I I can see him slowing down a little even at six he's slowing down and and maybe that's he's he's getting smarter about how he hunts I've definitely figured that out too he's you know he'll he'll hunt his way through the field and you know when he when he finds the bird sign and then he really kicks it in gear and I think that's pretty easy to see with a lot of these dogs and we saw it today especially I mean that that field was incredible I mean I said I think three quarters of the time the dogs were just locked in hard charging birdie um so it was fun man I had a blast
1: it's also really fun to be in a group of people where you trust everyone's dog that we've we've all hunted with other people we're like "Uh, (laughs) I don't know if this one really knows what it's doing but with with this pack of canines if you will if any one of them gets birdie it's like okay something's happening here like this is this is not no just as like a like a false like point like this is going to happen and that that's pretty funny in terms of the or fun in terms of the group dynamic
3: well they're not busting birds either i mean we've got a pack of flushers and a cardinal rule of flushers they need to stay in gun range and even with our fluctuations i haven't seen a single bird get busted because of a dog they are truly just cagey
0: yeah, the only one who busted a busted a bird was Scullet. <laughs> but that I that, didn't see it. Well, she's still She doesn't
1: have to live by that, that flusher mantra. That was though. in a food no, pl- that, that was in a, rule. That was
0: in a food plot. That was a tough situation and the bird was running so but that that's the only she bird She two weeks to think of that. Yeah, she's got she's <laughs> got uh she's got a lot of time to no rough housing, no stairs, short leashed walks. It's she's gonna have a lot of time to think about what she did. Yeah. You know? That's all they learn. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, one thing um, as I see, you know, Aspen's kind of looking at me with his – well, Bo's knocked out, zonked completely, and Aspen's ha- half-eyed is that, uh, you know, that that's one of the things is, like, uh, as we've done this trip, you know, you, you this week tour across pheasant country, it, it was easier when the dogs – we're all a little bit younger. Oh,
1: you mean when they were just made out of rubber and they, yeah,
0: everything, it didn't matter what happened. You know, (laughs) when they were, when they were all two and three and four, you just, um, and all, and every one of us, I mean, we all grew up with dogs, but every one of us has our own, own first bird dog. And now we're seeing them enter that, the, the, you know, the middle of their prime to later prime. Um, and so, and maybe we've touched on this. It's, you get that mix of emotions because they're hunting their skills are as good you know as they've ever been it's just that recovery time isn't there and they're more susceptible i think to injuries and so it just it just it it, it, i mean it's made it tough you know it's made it like you see how hard like you there's nothing more you love to do, but you also see how hard it can be on them.
1: If you're proposing that next year we hunt for two weeks, but just
0: hunt every other day, I'm <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> recovery time. Maybe even three weeks at that point. Really Stretch spread it out. it out. If there's anybody listening and they want to, um, you know, let our higher ups know <laughs> that they think that's a good idea. Well, like drop us a line because we we'll, we be, I'd be willing to do that. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there too. So, and we got to think of ideas for next year. But before we do that, we got we got a couple more um, ideas and projects for next year because there's there's still many pheasants forever projects that we haven't touched. But we got we got a few more to touch here when we're in the Aberdeen area. We're yeah, gonna, we have some for forget next year. We have some for tomorrow. <laughs> we got some for tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna visit a few more of these. We we really think this this um you know this community based habitat and access program is like well what did i say a thing <laughs> you have been saying that. i've been saying that but it's it's um like a model a model that it's already being replicated and we we think that it has it's the recipe that can be replicated in other communities not just in south dakota i mean logan referenced kind of a similar program in, in southwest iowa um and led by pheasants forever and there's a lot of pheasant country out there like there's there's you know there there's not a there's not a monopoly on this program if it can work in Aberdeen and it can work in Mitchell these these communities aren't slowing down they want to you know where else can this work you know it's not just South Dakota it's other states you know and uh, so I'm anxious to see you know how that takes off when we had Pheasant Fest um, earlier this year uh, there was there was a summit about it and you know that kind of I think that's ignited some interest in some other communities so I'm anxious to see where where it's going where it's going to crop up next but we're going to pro, pro, we're going to visit a few more of these properties here um to showcase that these are bird producing areas that that we can go we can go hunt and and anybody can and uh it's good for uh, us
1: it's good for our dogs it's good for the communities yeah it's it's the power of access and it's uh shows that habitat and hunting does work
0: so that's that's the plan for tomorrow uh, we're really gonna focus on on the, uh, the the access sites here in Aberdeen and then on Friday well we'll get to Friday when we get there we kind of get have, ahead of ourselves we <laughs> uh, we gotta get all of our
1: dogs across that finish
0: line we, first. we, we got a few well you know there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be another podcast uh, before then and we can talk about you know t- putting a bow on this year's rooster road trip um, so We've got another day tomorrow. It looks like it's going to be pretty decent weather. should be. I great.
1: don't know. So d- earlier I mentioned that we heard some sirens. That I didn't know where Jake was. He did text <laughs> me that it's raining outside. So yeah. I know he's not in the slammer, and he is at least you know, well, observant of the weather.
0: I was I was actually one. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of rain, you know, this it, t- this time so of year. It's so dry. I will take but it. But w- I think I will take we'll it. All agree. It's, it's, the cover is a little dry. It's a little country, uh, crunchy. The dog seemed um, – at, that at times, like they all worked very well, but that at times, you just got to figure it's it's going to help their scenting. Mm-hmm. You know, that Big time. there are a few
1: Houdini birds out there that just magically disappeared into thin yeah. air. And there were f-
0: there were a few trails that just kind of get steps ended. And dust is just kind of following yeah. you so around. That's I think a good that indicator what happened. I think that'll be a welcome. A little a little uh, shot of rain this evening, and as long as it's done, you know, by noon tomorrow when we hit the field. So um well why don't we just go why don't we just go around the horn and uh with with a few you know kind of our own our own uh golden hour thoughts as we as we wrap up our podcast emmy that first bird under your belt where are we at
3: smiles and i was really happy today to see smiles all around i'm hunting with a group of people that i adore and i like seeing everyone happy
2: all right, <laughs> Well, it's gonna be an early morning for me. Seven thirty. I'll be at the vet, <laughs> seeing <laughs> if I can get my my dog's face stitched up here, and and hopefully he can still go for us the last couple of days. And you think wrap that'll up sc- the trip. you think
0: that'll scar there?
2: It'll probably be a scar, but like I told you earlier, earlier scars are uh, like tattoos, but with better stories. Yeah, that's how I'm gonna look at it. I deep.
0: I, I know what I know what my story's gonna be with you. Maybe we should. Uh, you know, how do, how do how do we get rid of all this barbed wire that's out there?
1: I don't know, man, but... Well, we it, that's a whole different story. We have adopted a, a, a WMA ourselves, and we've pulled a lot of fence and a lot of T-posts out of the ground. Uh, but, you know, th- there are ways where people can make a difference in their own local communities, but we can touch on that another day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well... I'm I'm, I'm putting the, I'm putting the, uh, I'm throwing the gauntlet down here. If you, if you come across some barbed wire and you know where it is and it's, it's not keeping any cattle in, pull it out of there. (laughs) The pheasant country doesn't need it. So, uh, definitely good, good, good thought, Logan, Andrew. Um,
1: I guess I'll touch on some of the people that have been reaching out to me specifically since the last podcast, uh, got the recommendation for an, an Epsom salt bath for a pause. Uh, another, another, uh, gentleman reached out and said, take some athletic tape and wrap a her and put one layer of duct tape around the outside. So it's still flexible, but it has that cushion, and that covering. Um, so I definitely appreciate people reaching out and seeing how how Bo is doing and, and adding their two cents on how to get her back in the field. Cause I'm a lot better when she's out there with me. Um, you know, and on that same kind of vein, if, if people have questions for us, yeah. Reach out. Let us well, know. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. I know one, uh, one gentleman from Utah wants us to touch base, uh, on how to actually get into pheasant hunting as a newbie. Um, he, he's, he's done some, some hunting with guides before, but really when we were starting, when we were in our, our early twenties, how did we kind of just break that barrier and just go for it? And, uh, I think we will get to that in our next, uh, our next episode as a little teaser.
0: That sounds good. Don't forget. I won't. Okay, because <laughs> it's late now, and we're we're a little older, you know, than these. No, well, you're these older guys than, go, than all of yeah. us. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, I'll I'll just <laughs> I'll uh I'll piggyback off of you. You know, um, how about how about I how about I set it up like this? Like I'm, you know, one one of the Facebook groups that I'm a member of, and and because it's. It's about pheasant hunting, and 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 they talk about pheasants forever quite a bit. Is is pheasant hunting junkies, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of us, probably ten thousand of us, are mem- you know members of that group, and they kind of have a rule about hot spotting, right? Like you can do like DM direct messages or private messages, and you know one one thing we've tr- tried to do with this rooster road trip is like kind of get into regions, and talk about you know. We talk about pros, uh, projects and kind of like a regionally broad level without like hot spotting an area, right? Like just like we were at that exact area. But that said, I mean, we've, um, you know, if you if you want to like private message us or direct message us and we can be helpful in, in sharing a little more um, detailed information. We've said that on our previous podcast with the South Dakota guys, Game Fish and Parks. And I have had a few of us email, and 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 uh, get in touch with me, and I will get back to you, and we'll share some information. And I guess what our—that's why we do this trip—is mm-hmm. you know we want you to get inspired to go to places, um, you it's know. Places are out there for all of us. There's, you know, the, the, the come to Aberdeen, check out these walk-in areas, check out these Aberdeen Pheasant Coalition sites. Yeah, I haven't been, been to everyone, but that's the idea. is one of these, if, if right, we mm-hmm. visited, you <laughs> know the 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 rest is up to you like get here um, go check some of those out if you go out to pier and you go to one of the game production areas we were at um, then go to another one you know branch out from there if we can if we can help you be a little successful that's what we want and if we can you know and that's one thing um, I guess last last edit here but um, when we were in pier uh, and I don't think we were specific enough about that but now that we're a couple days removed and I know we we did hunt, hunt the, the Gutenkoff uh game production area there. And that's a pretty big Pheasants Forever project, and I don't think we gave that enough credence when we were there. We were we were scrambling and and maybe that just kinda like slipped over our head, but that, that was like a hundred and fifty acre acquisition that um that the Pheasants for the the peer Fort, Fort Pier, Pierre yeah. Pheasants Forever chapter there was instrumental in doing. I think that happened like in 2005. It was pasture land. Um, that chapter, Game Fish and Parks, helped make made that acquisition happen. It was added to an existing piece of the game production area. And then there's some like Army Corps of Engineer land that the game and parks manages like right across the two-track road, which is also open to you and just creates this really nice complex there. And it's a big piece. It's and it's everything you could ever want. I don't care what kind of dog you're on. And with. and Pheasants Forever, you know, that's that's an instrumental project, or was instrumental in that project, and those are the type of things that we're profiling with with this trip. So um I think we were you know, we were all a, a little remiss that we didn't, you know, maybe cover that as it is and in as much detail as we should have. So that that's where we were. You'll see the the photos and the in the videos that we've uh, produced. Um, kind of when you see like, I guess the power, you know, some people probably already noticed that when you see these big power lines, they run through kind of the center of that project. And that's the Gutenkopf game production area, very neat pheasants forever project. Um, there's a monument there, uh, uh, dedicated. And so if you're ever in the pier area hunting season or not, I encourage you to go check that one out. Um, and like I said, the offer stands, if you can contact us, uh, you know, either website, um, it's gotta contact us for him there or one of the social media platforms. We check them every day. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, get in touch with us, and we and we've had some of you do that already. We want to help you be successful um, on your own hunts, on public land, uh, on publicly accessible land. But we also want you to know that Pheasants Forever is working hard for you, and that's why we're doing this Rooster Road Trip. So uh, we're gonna go hunt tomorrow, and uh, and then we'll share a few more stories. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.